This is Preambling, where we turn our useless banter into a whole show so that we can cut the fat from our normal episode. In this episode, we narrowly avoid committing a sexism, talk about Jeff Park's social media prowess, new Buy Me A Coffee supporters, or supporter, how shamelessly we are willing to shill for sponsors, Canadian political goings-on, dream presidential votes, Iowa and Cap's rage at virtue capitalism, justice and insurrections, KJV-only snake oil, textual criticism, the myth of Shakespeare, and Uriel's revenge getting steamy, scary, and explodey. Enjoy. Hello, grace and peace. We're taking anarchy to church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Iowan Cap. And I'm Jeff Park, a.k.a. the short, fat, bearded Thor. You know, to go with the to go with Lady Thor and all the uh, oh. all the all the Thorlings that are uh, and to go with today's text, which is about lightning and thunder. <laughs> you know, you you said there are only so many ways I can get you. But, you know, I am committed to finding new ones. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're... <laughs> we're, uh... <laughs> we're preambling and ignoring the things that Jeff is bringing up in his AKA. <laughs> because rage. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to commit a sexism and lose our YouTube channel. <laughs> or or our record for a libertarian podcast number of female listeners. That's right. Three. three. Well, thir- no, it's 30% listenership. <laughs> yes. That's right. We did some research. We've been watching our numbers. 30% literaturship. Uh I guess with with a podcast as small as ours is, that effectively makes us the most diverse libertarian podcast on the internet. We have one and a half women listening. <laughs> Uh, yep yep we are that's right that's right that's what we do we we you know we're we're bringing women to the libertarian movement that's what we're doing um uh, <laughs> and fractions of women oh yes yeah oh yes um and patrick is uh patrick's joining us in the chat again. i'm avoiding to keep our youtube channel right now uh, Patrick's joining us in the chat, and it says, "Welcome to the chat. I'm Patrick, aka Back Where He Belongs." That's right. Know your place, Patrick. Trying to take over our YouTube channel, comes in and does a week's worth of content, and then starts pulling clips and posting it on his own website. <laughs> I mean, who does he think he is, Randy? oh yes or or, uh but but it is good it was good there were some good episodes if you're if you're looking for uh if you haven't if you haven't seen the the episodes from last week they were really good um uh so go check them out episodes uh 58 and 58.5 um and also preambling 10 and uh it was good because i gotta we gotta we we are it's kind of like i think in the end, we're probably just gonna drop a couple of judges' videos and call the 
series completed because we'll have covered everything kind of yeah. tangentially. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, <laughs> Patrick says about the 1.5 women, we are pro-life. We have to count those unborn babies. That's right. That's where the half, half woman comes from. Uh, there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are pre- preambling. And of course, um, where we talk about, uh, current events and, stuff so what's going on in the world jeff park yyc at jeff park yyc (laughs) well okay so at jeff park yyc i think i'm like i think i'm like 10 followers away from hitting a thousand so that's big news that's important yeah that's so that's what if you if you act now you can be jeff park's 1000th follower at Jeff Park YY or J Park YYC, and we're gonna do a very special giveaway. If you uh, get, if you do that, if you become his one thousandth follower, we will give you a link to Uriel's Revenge to purchase it for only for, uh, for only three dollars. I know we have that or, link, or three ninety nine if you're Canadian. Three ninety nine Canadian. We have a link to that. It it is only for through us. Don't check that. Uh, we we alone can give you that link. I think I think we are now harming our friend David Room <laughs> by by implying. <laughs> I think I think we might have gone too far. <laughs> We've gone too far. Um, yeah. By the way, it only require it only requires eight followers. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, if you yeah. act now, you lucky listener, uh, could be uh, could could be my one thousand. I, I thought oh. I thought you were going to say they could uh, pick a song for me to sing on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but speaking of the rooms, uh, we also I, okay. I almost forgot about this, but we said we will give shout outs to anyone who just who becomes a uh, supporter on buymeacoffee.com. And we finally wore down Katie room with all of our <laughs> obnoxious uh, plugs that she has now become a supporter. And so she gets to watch all the episodes ahead of time and join us in the discord. So if you want to join her and the many others, the mighty army of flyover libertarian and uh, accompanying shows listeners. Uh, you can do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. And for $1 a month, you could be in the chat too. And uh, <laughs> Patrick now says, I- if he gets 1K, I'll start a parody account of Pef Jark where I'll push for only public schooling. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> okay that's a real uh that's a real uh attraction there um, is, I'm into um it. That, that that might that might be interesting um of course of course okay no cheating and just like copy pasting the people that i'm responding to that's that's um but uh yes so yeah if, if, by the way if you if you have not been warned um if you do follow me on twitter the vast majority of my content on twitter is either going to be uh vaguely religious stuff or <laughs> or me going after people uh on school choice um, yep yep he knows how to so. dunk on him man <laughs> uh 
Jeff knows how to dunk on late on uh, teachers unions. I'll tell you what, that's uh, it's a sight to behold. So <laughs> you definitely want to get on that. <laughs> so yeah, um, and uh, what was uh, I was going to? I had something and lost it on on that on that subject. Um, well, that does uh, happen. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, uh, and oh, I uh, the uh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so what's going on in the world? Look, look, look at you zooming in. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, we had a, uh, <laughs> we had a really, um, long, unairable conversation, um, <laughs> uh, about many of the things, <laughs> um, going on in, in, in my world, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, political commentary, um, that I definitely not allowed to, uh, broadcast, <laughs> uh, but, but, um, uh, but yeah, we are, uh, um, we are coming up on um, the uh, leadership review for Jason Kinney here in um, uh, here in. Oh, I remember what I was going to say before my. Uh, I need to open one of these um, so that I uh, can not sponsored. Hold my train of thought um, yet. Uh, so, uh, so there we go. Make sure to. Uh, uh, to shill appropriately, Mountain Dew sponsor us. Your product um, could be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, um, I, I, I am, I am soulless. So the fact that it has only ever been Mountain Dew so far does not mean that right. uh, that that Orange Tab could not be in the in my right hand <laughs> next week if, for the for the right price. And and for Orange Tab, that price might be pretty high. But. <laughs> Or whatever um, cup of coffee you sell. I know a lot of libertarians like to sell coffee. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There you go. That would take um, <laughs> a lot of sugar for me to be able to drink on air. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate the taste of coffee. Uh, uh, but so I remembered what I was going to say is the uh, the uh, um, the nice uh, touch that uh, that Patrick should do for Bizarro Jeff is uh put his location in ontario and texas um that was uh that was <laughs> <laughs> which which again i'm going to reiterate um share the show with your friends who do not live in ontario or texas um, <laughs> let's we, diversify we've our been very clear here, about our feelings on ontario and texas we are trying we are intentionally trying to alienate ontario and texas um <laughs> we i don't know what's that what's that mean we I'm, I, <laughs> I don't know where that we stuff is coming from, bro. <laughs> Look, Look, I say things, you yes and them. Uh, we're, we are intentionally... Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, 
uh, so yeah, uh, Pef Jark should be from uh, bi-coastal, Gulf Coast and St. Lawrence Seaway Coast. Um, uh, <laughs> um, um, uh, but uh, okay, so um, uh, so yeah, the um, the uh, leadership review for Jason Kinney is coming up, um, and uh, uh, and and what I sh- can share um, is that. I mean, I said I got out of the prediction game in 2015, but uh, it it looks not great for Jason Kinney to retain his leadership, which would be which would be a political earthquake. I think most people are still just assuming that he's a great organizer. He controls the party. He controlled the rules. He changed the rules multiple times after the deadlines, um, uh, so that so that he's he's going to pull it out. It it it's looking to me like none of that matters. There was just enough. Uh, there was just enough popular outrage that he's going to be done. Um, so and that that should. That should be a real warning shot to these leaders who feel like they can be too cute by half on personal freedoms, um, and uh, and I'm not I'm not sure that there wouldn't be a um, if there were a similar accountability mechanism for Justin Trudeau right now. I'm not sure it it wouldn't be happening. I'm, I'm, I'm very sure that if there were for Joe Biden, <laughs> that he'd be in deep trouble um, right now. So, I, I, yeah, I think so. It's one thing to win an election; <laughs> um, it's uh, it's another thing to to keep the uh, the trust of the people and keep the support of the people after winning an election and. Uh, and after, you know, the 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 things that you uh, the things that you ran on um, have to meet the light of day, <laughs> let's say. So, um, so I uh, yeah, I think um, I think it's great that there will be some accountability there. I do think that's what's going to happen. Um, I think, I think it's great that there will be, um, some accountability there, not to say that, um, that, uh, those who are, and I'm not, I'm not one of the people who is, who is, um, actually organizing the no vote, but those who are organizing the no vote, um, need to not let up and, and still work hard and, and, um, and work like you're five votes behind always, but um, but uh, it it does it does look like it's um, going to go the no votes way, and um, uh, and and I I consider that a great outcome, and I think that for for the next leader, um, it, it sends a it sends a message that the next leader needs to stop it. Like conservatives have got to stop. We, we, if, if we, like, I'm kind of a conservative in the sense that they're usually the only people on the ballot that don't absolutely hate me and want to destroy everything I believe in. Um, but <laughs> so 
um, for for conservatives who supposedly believe um, that a centralized government does not know best for the entire population, they need to stop behaving as if that suddenly becomes untrue when it comes to the inner workings of a party or the inner workings of a caucus in the legislature. Um, that that uh, that suddenly suddenly top-down centralized Soviet-style planning <laughs> suddenly works when you get to those things. It doesn't. It doesn't, and it especially doesn't work for conservatives because we don't we don't want to um, clap our hands until uh, until Tinkerbell sprinkles her fairy dust on it and makes it work um, like like the Bolsheviks do. Um, we we uh, um, we're we're not as willing to. Uh, to make it work. It was amazing to me when Rachel Notley, uh, the socialist uh, party leader, took power in this province. Um, it was amazing to me that she she kind of betrayed the environmentalist wing of her party. And with very little repercussion, repercussion because they expect the... <laughs> Soviet style, the Politburo has said that that this is, um, and uh, and and so that culture is more viable in in those parties. It's it's not in conservative parties, so they've got to stop running that way. So I I think I think the uh, Mises Caucus movement in the United States, going back to the the Tea Party movement and the Republican Party in the United States and the Tea Party 2.0 uh, that is uh, uh, hopefully getting off the ground now in the United States and um, uh, I think I think all these all these renewal movements within uh, conservative parties trying to bring them back to grassroots principles um, um, I, I think that's I think that's a positive sign and honestly. Honestly, now I think coming out of COVID, I think a competitive advantage for conservative parties will be to say we're we're not gonna we're not gonna have a Fauci of of political affairs over here. We're not gonna <laughs> um, uh, you know we're not we're not gonna. Um, uh we're not we're not going to uh insist on democracy which of course means having experts that you must follow unquestioningly um <laughs> uh we're um we're going to we're going to have actual grassroots uh we're we're going to uh um not think we already have all the best ideas we're going to rely on uh, the ideas to come from the bottom up, that sort of thing. I think, I think that can be coming out of coming out of this COVID nonsense. I think that can be a competitive advantage for conservatives because I think there's a hunger for it. So, anyway, I'm excited I, to see things going in that direction. Again, I'm not making a prediction. Um, <laughs> um, I'm I'm making an observation, which could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, uh, so if if my observation is correct that these are this is 
the zeitgeist at the moment, then, then, um, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, you know, that's cool. <clears throat> What's happening in uh, your world? Island? Yep. Uh, I don't know. I hear there's, uh, you know, we, there, there's, you know, the, I got nothing. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, there, there's really nothing going on uh, in, in my world. I'm just kind of like I'm in a when's holding position. Right now. Cap? What's <laughs> when's that? Field work. When, when's field work? When's planting? Field work. Field work must have already happened in Iowa. Um, uh, planting. Planting's yeah. got to be soon. <laughs> yeah, it'll be planting. It'll be planting. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be getting out there sooner. They should, I think they would have to. Um, I don't know. I know long. when it is. In- I know when it is in Alberta, um, uh, but but I'm um, uh, a, a few ticks of latitude above you. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so you know, honestly, I'm just in such a holding position right now. Uh, you know, we've got like a the countdown to new baby uh, is is, uh, is 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 in full swing. We're just waiting to meet little peanut, and uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Reno's coming up. Uh, Patrick points out, you know, the the LN, the big Libertarian National Convention. Um, again, I'm also not in the prediction game uh, because I. So I, Jan- Janet Reno is coming to the Libertarian National Convention. Is that what's... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. If if she were, hoping... would be for her. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, <laughs> we're just wait. Honestly, I'm just waiting for. Okay, things are looking good. I'll just say that things are looking good for the Mises Caucus, and I I do have a, vest, a yeah. sm- somewhat vested interest in that. Um, see, I'm I'm not all in on either strategy, the the Republican strategy or the Libertarian strategy. Um, I kind of see the advantages to both. Uh, it's kind of like with my situation, it makes sense to go with the Libertarian strategy. Um, and I'll I I just because just where I am. Anywho. Um, but, but it looks pretty good that we're going to be, I, I just would love to be able to cast a vote for president for Dave Smith. I, I just, I, that's my dream. That is my dream to be able to do that. Um, I, it would be so the much last fun. I gave you Kanye and that wasn't good enough. Well, <laughs> I've already fulfilled that dream. <laughs> okay. I've. <laughs> You've got. I've already voted for Kanye, right? I mean, I've. It's. It's like, what's life if you don't have more things to work toward? You know, like I've got Kanye. I showed up for Kanye. Um, you know, I'm still. I'm still waiting for him to give me a call and thank me for that. But you know, uh, we'll see. Um, he's a little (laughs) busy right now. I got. Um, but I think you know, uh, I think that would be great to be able to vote for Dave Smith. Um it's it's uh yeah and of course you know the 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 war continues to rage on in in ukraine which means that we are bombarded by more and more ukrainian war propaganda and uh and uh i okay i ordered business i i got business cards delivered to my house for undisclosed reasons um and uh and undisclosed so undisclosed yet reasons and <laughs> um and and i and so therefore i got an unsolicited i stand with ukraine sticker um and 
um, and an unsolicited info dump on what their company that makes business cards is doing to support Ukraine and how I can do more can- to support Ukraine. And I'm like, just can you just sell me business cards? Like, can we be done with virtue capital with virtue capitalism? I am so done with virtue capitalism. I am so freaking done with it. Every single like, I'm just I'm watching these obnoxious ads when I'm watching TV at night, and I'm just like, just like every friggin' advertisement. They're not selling me a product anymore. They're being like, look how virtuous we are. We support this organization. We support this organization. Could you just sell me a dang product? I it, I am dreaming of the day when someone starts trying to uh, manipulate me into buying something. Which, of course, that's what they're doing. They're speaking to millennials who they think, and probably rightly, only respond to virtue points. Like, we we spend our money on what makes us feel better and not on what's a good product. And so, it is, uh, it is, I'm, I'm sick of virtue capitalism. Sick of it. I don't even care. Like, honestly, I even if, if they responded, because it goes both ways, of course. Then there's other companies, you know, my pillow man, who's going to do the conservative virtue signal in order to sell his pillows and be like, bruh. Just tell me your product is good, but of course we can't afford that now because um, that in, in some ways it's a good thing, right? That they're telling on themselves that we know not to give them business. I'm just, I'm just sick of it. I'm so tired of the feminism and the LGB whatever and the critical what race whatever on every single advertisement, every single TV show. I'm just sick of it. I am feeling some real Kaczynski vibes. Uh, and I am doing my best to remain this shy of that level of radicalization. And so uh, I'm, I've taken up meditation. I'm uh, trying to exercise more, looking at pictures of, of cute babies on the internet in order to kind of babies and puppies and, and, and uh, flowers to try and keep myself sane. But it's just it is getting nauseating <sighs> I'm going to take partial credit for this rant by setting you up with Lady Thora <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah um, it, so I mean Believe it or not, some of you may be too young to remember this, uh, but I'm old enough to remember um, when I was allowed to own a pillow without knowing their position on the 2020 election. (laughs) Oh, but you know, some current events, though. Now they're going to sell them with the tag that says do not remove, except you can't remove it because it says fairest election ever 2020 hashtag Biden is a genius. Um, that, and you won't be allowed to remove that tag. It's just, it's the law now. Very, very. Uh, <laughs> but hey, on that note, though, there have been some good, there have been some apparently good legal uh, moves, both in the in, in the Whitmer case and in the... Um, yes! January 6th insurrection case. Like, it's... Basically, like, I just, I when I heard that, that judge... Who like I remember, what was that case where they they had the the guy go in, 
and the lawyer presented video evidence saying the cops just let us in so our guy should go free showed the video evidence to the judge and the judge was like yep and just like <laughs> threw out the case on the spot like i just i was like that is massive <laughs> like that is huge like I, I know some people are like well he's got government contractor he's a government contractor of some kind so but like still that's huge uh to just throw it out out of hand that's insane and so i think i i don't know i'm hoping for justice i'm hoping that trump did enough damage on the on the uh court level uh before he left that that we're gonna see some overturning of some nonsense um you know mask well you got the uh, you got the trump appointee that yeah put in the national injunction on the uh Mm-hmm. on the masks on airplanes um so. yeah we're i mean we it's uh no one's ever allowed to laugh at the conservative case for voting republican for the sake of judicial nominees ever again i'm just gonna yeah, say it's that funny. <laughs> um because what was that what was that uh case where where but gorsuch became a meme because because gorsuch was kind of like a case on on um i don't know some sort of genital rights um <laughs> where uh where they appealed directly to gorsuch the entire case was aimed at gorsuch they were only going for gorsuch's vote and they got gorsuch and then everyone was and and on the political philosophy that gorsuch has always held which I, I've I've talked about very briefly. I disagree with um, textualism textualism versus originalism, um, but uh, but they they went for they went for Gorsuch on just a, a a straight down the middle textualist argument. They got him, and and everyone was was like making but Gorsuch into a meme uh, is 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 like oh. He, um, what what did Trump give us after all? But then, since then, it's basically been uninterrupted good news from from Trump appointed judges. So and they and, and they've been the only ones, basically, uh, as far as I can. T- I mean, I'm not following it day to day because I'm not an American. Um, but uh, but uh, uh, it sure seems to me from from this side of the border that that it. Um, it looks like, like I'm not hearing Bush judge um, comes up with a great ruling. Um, um, either of them, um, uh, you know, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I think I think that I mean, if if that's his only legacy, it's still a huge one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and I should have mentioned. Um, and you you brought it up uh, because the left in this country just wanted the trucker convoy to be our January sixth so badly, um, and um, and regardless of how how square that peg was and how round that hole was, they were going to make the trucker protest our January sixth, and so. Um, so, uh, 
they, but that, that narrative is really falling apart really, really badly. So they, um, they claimed, uh, they claimed that someone affiliated with the truckers, um, uh, committed arson and tried to, um, tape or chain, or I don't know. I think, I think they said they tried that the person tried to duct tape, um, the doors closed to, to where people couldn't get out of an apartment building um, and set it on fire. And all that did happen. It's just the person was entirely unaffiliated with the truckers. Um, it's like we're talking about an area of Toronto, uh, uh, not Toronto, sorry. Um, you know what, Ottawa, even I, I mean, even you deserve better than that. Um, uh, <clears throat> uh, sorry, I, I'm just these are both technically cities in Ontario, so I can't decide which one to uh, eliminate more. But um, but anyway, I need to look at more at, at more detailed stats to know which one I should alienate more. Get back to me on that. Randy, get back to me on that. Um, so, uh, but, uh, uh, but I'm assuming it's Toronto because anyway. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, the... Uh, uh, so Ottawa, like this, this is an area of Ottawa that has a decent amount of crime <laughs> normally. Um, it had a lot less crime while the truckers were there. Funny how that worked. Um, and, um, but yes, there is still going to be some crime in a big city during a multi-week period. Um, and, uh, um, but uh, it's been remarkably difficult to to pin any of it on the truckers. Um, basically, the only charges that have been laid are mischief charges. Um, one of the uh, one of the candidates for uh, the conservative leadership um, went on on uh, one of our Sunday shows this morning, um, and. Uh, uh, and was being asked a, a series of hostile questions about her support of of uh, the trucker convoy, and and uh, uh, it's funny I, we were we were watching it and commenting that she just absolutely dismantled him, and then we're going, and then to the average viewer of this show, he absolutely dismantled her because they just they've lived in a completely different world on this thing. They've gotten completely different news. They have no idea what actually happened. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but to us who, <laughs> who actually watched it, who watched, who watched the live feeds, who watched independent media, um, who watched people who didn't desperately need this to be January 6th Canadian version. Um, yeah. uh, uh, we uh, uh, to to us, it was so obvious that she was just pantsing him on live television, but but to his regular audience, it probably looked the other way around. Um, but his re regular audience doesn't vote in in uh, conservative leadership elections, which might be a good reason um, not to go on the show. But also, uh, obviously, a candidate can can clip their good stuff where their people will see them as as panting him and send it out so yeah. it's 
it's still still valuable. I'm sure I'm sure she did well by being on on the show. But it is it is interesting. It's like yeah, yeah I, but the people the people who yeah. were going to feel that way don't matter to her at the moment because because right now she only needs votes of people who are going to yeah, vote in that conservative party election. And and if you're uh, and if we're talking about. I don't know if if Canadian mainstream media is the same as American mainstream media, but if they're anything like our mainstream media, that audience is also a dwindling, uh, a dwindling and dying uh, audience. Well, it's funny. Our television audience went up because of Trump, same as yours, which tells you, yep. I think how much our politics is just very heavily affected by what's going on in your politics. It's not like, um, uh, yeah, it's not like the, uh, um, like we didn't change, we didn't change leaders at the time. It's not like Trudeau became more entertaining. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, uh so yeah and uh but yeah i think i I mean i i think it is dwindling and aging uh numbers who are actually um who are actually uh watching it on tv but um but at the same time um because of canadian content laws um it's i think a lot harder to turn on a television and not see some sort of news because they have to, they have to meet a certain amount of Canadian content. And one of the easiest ways to do that is Canadian news. So um, in order to have a license to broadcast in Canada. So, um, so I do think, um, I do think it's probably a little different just in the respect that, it's difficult to turn on a Canadian television station without seeing Canadian news of some sort. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, and so, uh, anyway, for instance, we weren't turning it on to see a conservative leadership contestant. We were turning it on to see Blippy, um, and a conservative leadership contestant that we liked was on the TV. So we stopped and watched it real quick, uh, before putting on Blippy, um, much, uh, much to the so much chagrin. to learn about. <laughs> yeah, it'll make you uh, want to shout. <laughs> the the two and four year old were certainly shouting uh, at the delay Blippi! between <laughs> between the TV turning on and them seeing Blippy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so I yeah. So okay, I think that's probably fine for. Um, current events we uh, right. <laughs> um war uh, elections I, wa- I wanted to cover i wanted to cover a few past events which is that uh when uh when dennis sent us those comments on episode 45.5 um and said that we talked about residential schools at the end of 45.5 oh and yeah. i said no that must that must not have been right he must have been talking about another episode no the last 40 seconds of 45.5 or 50 sorry 54.5 uh the last the last 40 seconds of 54.5 we did randomly talk about the pope 
apologizing about it at residential schools at the very end of that show, despite that show having nothing to do with that topic. Right. Um, at, at the very end. So I was, um, I was incorrect in my memory about that. Thank you, Dennis, for pointing that out. We will um, certainly, I think when the, um, when the Pope visits Canada, um, we'll probably, there will probably be things of theological and political interest um, surrounding that visit. So we'll probably have things to say. Um, yeah. But, uh, um, and then I wanted, I wanted to, it was, uh, it was uh, pointed out to, to me by um, one of our faithful Pennsylvania listeners who I'm not trying to alienate um, that, uh, that uh, um, we said the term TR only um, five, 10, 20 times in uh, mm. the last episode I, I was on sure. um, yep, yep, and yep. without ever explaining what that is. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so that is, uh, and we were we were contrasting it with KJV only. So if you yeah. if you knew what KJ, KJV only means, King James Version only, and yeah. if you were able to extrapolate that TR only must have something to do with that, then you weren't. Then you, yeah. you sort of followed along, and you were probably yeah. fine. But uh, but we never did explain that TR only is Textus Receptus only, which is to say the Greek text that underlies yeah. the King James Version. Yeah, that it was somehow yeah. preserved in a special yeah. way. And that, that that is the legitimate Greek text and, and translations from that text are and, valid. And, so the new King James yeah. would be valid. And so forth. The new King James um, would be valid. Also, um, anything translated from the TR would be, would be valid. Like they would even, a TR onlyist would, would honestly maybe not even be against like say doing a new, tr a newer translation. Like they might sure. say, they might criticize KJV for outdated language. They could uh, criticize KJV for maybe they think it's a bad translation. Although for me, it's hard. Uh, the only argument, <laughs> the only argument I can really see against using the KJV from a TR only argument uh, perspective is the outdatedness of the language. Like if if there's going to be any push, and so they might disagree with the K the NKJV because they would say, well, it was translated poorly into the modern English, but, but the KJV I've, I've often said my only problem with the KJV is the manuscripts. I think as a translation, right. it is remarkably like accurate. It. Yeah. It's, it's there uh, are a couple of decisions. There are a couple of decisions that make that are sure wild, but, but yeah, but I mean, but yeah, I think that I, I probably, I probably could come up with one or two in the ESV that I think are, or oh yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Why did you go there? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. so 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 uh, yeah, it it presumably. so re really it's not the <laughs> translation that I have a problem with. It yeah. is the it is the text. The text and the outdatedness. Like there is yeah. a sense in which the outdatedness can be problematic. Although I think in um I'm also one of those types who's like there's a lot of important theological words in the quote outdated language that yeah. In the update, we lose the importance of the word itself. Um, like I'm a big fan of re of the um, uh, reclaiming the word propitiation um, for for the, oh, yeah. the word halasmos. Well, that, that was the example I was about to give. Yeah, it, yeah. And I I flipped I flipped to First John two pretty quick <laughs> yeah. to see to if if I'm if I'm looking at a new translation and, and I'm giving a, a 10 minute 
10 minute scan for an up or down. Um, uh, There are a couple places I'll go. And first John two is the first one Uh, is um, um, not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're really not getting, you're really not getting anything else. Um, you're, You're really, you're really not getting it right with anything other than propitiation. And, and I don't know what you're helping with words like expiation, which are basically equally hard to understand. Yeah. Except for it does eliminate the wrath bearing sacrifice aspect of it. Well, but that, but that's the problem. <laughs> right. But that's what, that's what right. I mean. Is like the but, only reason so you saying, would do that is for theological I'm saying, right, reasoning. I'm saying, I, I'm saying, I don't know what you're getting good. <laughs> yeah. What good thing you're getting. You're not, it's not clear well, from their perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Congratulations, Brian Zond. You now have a translation for you. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, although, although not really, because he'll still find dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds of things um, to disagree with from the Bible because he is not a believer. Um, but anyway, um, the uh, the Brian Zond uh, shot was for free. Um, so <laughs> um but uh but yeah the uh the uh the translation for the most part i mean uh and and look a modern translation that brings brings back the unicorn gets my vote um i i i say i say why not let's uh let's bring back the unicorn look you don't know you don't know it's a rhinoceros. You don't actually know. Oh boy! These modern versions. Fu- these modern versions. They erase the unicorn. Yeah. And, but is- and maybe a little bit more on the Texas Receptus. Um, there there is a sense in which, like, Sorry. also like the name of the Texas Receptus. It, it comes from. It was. It was basically a marketing ploy. Um, they yeah. said this is a you know that these that the two. Uh, Publishers of it. It's based heavily. Uh, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but based heavily on Erasmus's work, um, which Third is good in yeah. place. It good in a lot of places for the manuscripts that they had. Like it, when, in criticizing the manuscripts, I'm not criticizing the people who compiled the manuscripts. Although Erasmus was a little bit lazy on the Book of Revelation, for instance, um, but uh, which we're you know dealing with ourselves, um, but. But I mean, it's it's kind of like in criticizing the manuscripts, and I'm not criticizing the manuscript compilers or the people who worked on it at the time. I'm not even criticizing. In fact, I'm not even criticizing the translators of the KJV. There were a lot of good Calvinists on that work. Um, see, that's gonna bl- you want to blow a fundy's mind? Remind him how many Calvinists worked on the K- the King James version. I'm just gonna say, uh, but. But like the it's it's really that we found older, more reliable manuscripts, um, and and we've been able to with the advent of modern technology. Like really, this is where we're like I've said, but I think I've said this before. Um, we're living in a golden age of technology for textual um, criticism because you don't have to travel to Egypt. To look at so and such a manuscript, you don't have to travel to Westminster Abbey to look at so and such a manuscript. 
they can do scans of it and, sh- and and share it with people across the world. You can email someone or or call someone at the location of one of these manuscripts and say, hey, can you set take a quick picture of page 34 and send it to me? I, I had a question and I wanted to see the original page. Like, and you can have that. Like, this is amazing. This is the grace of God. This is, this is, um, and what are we finding? We're finding that the things we've always been confident on, we had a right to be confident on. And the mis- and the um, places where we're not as certain, we're becoming more and more certain. And it's, it's uh, sure. we live in a golden age. And, and I think um, to half quote, because uh, um, it's not an exact quote, um, noted textual critical scholar bart ehrman we can be pretty confident that what we're reading when we read the bible in our hands that that is at least mostly what the original authors wrote we don't have any original copies but we're pretty confident in what we have um and but the tr onlyus would say um that Text Receptus is the re, is the preserved manuscript, and yeah. So w- I have less. Uh, <laughs> I have less contempt for a TR onlyist than I do for a KJV onlyist. Um, particularly there's a cultish type of KJV onlyist that I'm just I have no interest in interacting with you. I'm just I'm I really don't. Like if you if you if you start if you come into my Twitter mentions, I don't block, but I will block. Like I just have no interest in interacting with you. I there was uh Do I do it? I do it. My uh my mother sent me a message, a screenshot of a KJV only screed about how the <laughs> the NIV is published by the same publisher as the Satanic Bible, therefore guilt by association, blah blah blah, and then somehow paints ESV with the same brush, even though Crossway is the publisher of ESV. But you know, and then of course they do the the thing they always do. There are so many. Look at all these words that are taken out of the Bible. You don't find the word omnipotent in the Bible. You don't find the word Holy Ghost in the Bible. You don't find Jehovah in the ESV and NIV Bibles. They're taking words out. And then here's all the verses they're taking out. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is, oh my gosh, that snake oil KJV salesman garbage that I just, I, I had to delete six comments from that, uh, Facebook thread because each time I tried to be measured, but I was like, I can't handle this. I can't do this. I, each time the word imbecile would slip out of my hands onto the keyboard, uh, (laughs) And that was the edited version. So eventually I had to be like, you know what? I'm just walking away. But but it's that 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 snake oil salesman quick talking KJV onlyist that I'm like, you have I have no interest in anything you're gonna say. Because it's it's that same thing it's that same garbage of like, I'm just gonna pile on a bunch of things and then uh and then 
by the weight of my full word of my verbosity, you're going to fold, even though every individual claim can be ripped to shreds. There's Jehovah's not in the Bible. Yeah, that's because it's based on a crappy German translation of Yahweh. Like that's Jehovah. Jehovah. Why the Yod in Hebrew? He's not a friggin' J. So already one problem. So Jehovah, Yahweh, maybe, but also the V is probably most. Tr it's more traditionally in the Hebrew at the time that it was first written. Probably was pronounced like a W. Yahweh. It's a, and also Holy Ghost. Are you kidding me? Like, this is the most slimy thing I've ever seen. Holy Ghost. We took the Holy Ghost out of it. Because we retranslated its spirit. Because Ghost is a stupid translation of Numa. <laughs> it's a... It's the most... And, and omnipotent. Oh, you're right. Omnipotent. We don't translate omnipotentum. Uh, instead, we translated it almighty. Oh, what's omni, omni, all, potent, mighty, almighty. This, it's just, it's, it's this garbage. And it's, it's, and it feeds on, uh, the naiveness of the masses who have never done a, uh, any study in textual criticism. And why would they? It's a really arcane nuanced difficult subject why in the world would they have done so but it's feeding off this naivety and it's in and 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 it's it's snake oily slimy i have nothing but yeah. contempt and i will never argue with you i will only mock you because like look at all the secret gays who worked on this translation um <laughs> Yeah, you you want to take what people are saying now about the people who worked on the KJV and uh, and see how it comes out on uh, on that score. Now, I'm not saying that um, that they're right when they say that. I'm just saying that if if you're going to because sometimes they'll go back, um, sometimes they'll. Um, Sometimes they'll go back to. Uh, uh, I'm shaking to, my uh, head at you, Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just shaking my um, head at you. Um. Uh, sometimes they'll go back to like Stefanos and 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 uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember which one they they go back to, and they use the modern. Everyone was secretly gay kind of scholarship. To go back and and say that one of these guys was secretly secretly gay. So if you're going to do that, then all right, fine. Now do it to uh, now do it to the King James version. Um, which okay, let's start with King James, who they're going to claim was secretly gay. Then let's go to the next most famous person who worked on the King James version, Shakespeare, who they're going to claim was secretly gay. And we'll just keep going. We can keep going until we run out of people um, that that secular uh scholars have ever cared about basically Except, um, but, <laughs> but of course you know the big problem with that argument is that shakespeare is a myth all right uh moving on <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I have opinions about that, but I'm not going to talk about that because we're preambling. And uh, instead of talking about an ancient writer, I'm going to talk about a new writer. Ooh. Look at me go. That was a that was called a trans a transition. That's what we call it in the game, transitioning. Oh, we're talking about Uriel's Revenge by the famed author, famed author David Room, and oh boy, maybe maybe Christopher Marlowe secretly wrote this under a pseudonym, but but we'll. <laughs> Woo, we got Stevie this week. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now we know why Katie asked that question in our AMA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we are we are happy with the way we answered it, so we don't have to either contradict ourselves, memory hole ourselves, <laughs> or backpedal furiously. <laughs> um, yes, so there was a little bit of steamy content, but it was suggestive, not excessive. Let's say that. Correct. So, uh, but yeah. but um, and and appropriate to the story, that's important too. Uh, we talked about that. Um, but basically, chapters five and six, um, things are starting to get interesting. Um, so I, I would like to remind you that the subheading of Uriel's Revenge is a sci-fi horror novel. And and the reason for that started to uh, to show itself uh, this week in this week's reading. So um, they're still traveling toward. <laughs> Patrick said, "No, I'm sorry. They just slept with each other. They didn't sleep with each other." Sure, Patrick. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um. But but um, but they're still on the way, and then uh, in the middle of the night, she he uh, Brian hears a tapping on his door, and there it is. Evie is or Evie again. Why do I keep trying to turn her into a Pokemon? Uh, Evie uh, is at her door, uh, and and she's calling for him, and um and uh, of course he's. Brian's worried about birds seeing them and you know, because he's got a thing for birds daughter, of course. Um, and, and, uh, but, but basically, um, we, we learned a little bit about Evie's past. First of all, she's apparently naturally skilled in everything she does. She doesn't have to work that hard at it, but, um, she had been adopted because her, her, uh, um, her mother had died giving birth to her as a, as a vagrant from earth passing by, through Shalbatana, or I don't know what that I don't know what that is. I'm assuming that's somewhere on Mars, but um you know, um I'm sure someone will whatever. Um but but basically it turns out that she is somewhat of a I, haunted woman. I I looked it up and I just I just made sure to look it up again. It's a it's a it's a, a long channel that used Used to be a river, probably on Mars. Oh, okay. Oh, sounds good. That that that's uh that that's coming from our Canadian NASA correspondent, uh, Jeff Park. And <laughs> uh, 
but basically she has she's haunted um what what do you take this as uh jeff <laughs> what do you how do you take this well okay so i was interested in, in, here here's here's my theory you've read more of the book than i have so so don't uh <laughs> um uh don't don't give it away if i uh if i'm wrong on this but um but uh um so she's having these visions specifically on the ship named after Martin Luther, who did have visions of demons. Uh Um, and, and, and so, and, and, and he gives us enough information to know that the visions are only happening on this ship on the Martin Luther. Sure. Well, well, right. She she says, yeah. She says this is the first time I've seen it in six months, and the first time I've seen it on a ship. So, oh, 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 oh. it's a vision that's only ever come to her. Oh, on, okay, on land. Oh, I misunderstood. Um, though I think, I think, I mean, you're probably not wrong that the first time the visions come to her, it's on a ship is probably some kind of a, a an authorial hint of some kind. I, um, I think yeah. you're probably not wrong, but basically she, Cause, she, cause I'm pretty convinced these are demons. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems, it seems realistic, a reasonable, um, assessment, um, especially because he's given us some hints that spiritual warfare sort of things are involved that there's some kind of a um it's not just like you know that the talk of cessationism versus cautious continuationism the fact that there's visions involved um i i don't know and, and yeah and patrick points out, and only when the lights go out so basically it started with a sense of um Um, uh, a sense of what? What is it? The, a feeling of electric electricity and warmth, or something like yeah. that. I think that's that's how they translate it, or not translate. Uh, how they put it. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, electric there and warmth. Also, there it is. I kind of like this because I think I think this makes some amount of sense. Is there's there he he's he's written in like this cultural um shift where where people describe smells and um and senses and feelings as being as being like like they're of electricity yeah. which i which i kind of because there's another there in the next chapter um they they said it they smell of electricity which we don't talk that way in our culture yeah. but i i know what he means i think i know yeah. what he means um yeah. and i can see how culturally that could develop yeah 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 but it, but it starts as a feeling it seems like um when they first met it was this general sense of dread at the dark she had mm-hmm. and this feeling of this electric and warm feeling and uh but as time goes on it seems to manifest itself um and and, and by this point it's she she describes it as tall 
It seemed like it had to hunch over to fit in the room. The head looks like a raven's with a sort of beak, but the eyes are huge, like baseballs that stick out to the side, stick out of the side. It had hands with fingers a foot long. I think it has wings too, but they were folded at its side. So there's sort of a like an angelic but demonic sort of uh, wing um, nature. And it's, uh, and apparently this is something that, uh, well, for one thing, this, this reflects on why she has been, um, kind of constantly traveling, uh, on, on the captain Summerfield, um, ship is, is she's, she's haunted and she's oh. staying off the ground. In order and to you stay no, away from you notice this. the uh, little retcon that um, there is a heroic Captain Summerfield of some kind yeah, in this universe yeah. who won a battle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that so that you yeah. don't have to get so now you don't have to get the uh, um, the Doctor Who reference. He's given us yes. an in in universe Thank reference. You. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, so, um, but yeah, like so, there's um. But basically, this is uh, taken, uh, as he says, he actually literally says, the thing had played a role at the start of their relationship. So when they had first met, um, she had basically asked him to come into her room um, after after having been out um, with the crew after a a successful mission. And... um, you know, uh, it's because she likes him, but also because she's just scared of the dark, and so she convinces and, him. And she was a little tipsy. And she's a little tipsy. Yeah. So was so he? Gives, yeah, and convinces him to stay, uh, to stay the night, and suggestive language. Uh, but, <laughs> um. The suggestions of more, but but basically, Low pan to the fireplace as as Patrick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right, sorry, slow pan to the fireplace. I like that. Uh, but basically, um, yeah. But so so this this is a, a development, um, in the story that I think is is really interesting. They do, I mean, chapter six is kind of more. Uh, the first part of chapter six is kind of. That they're arriving at Saturn and they're going to a um uh they they kind of briefly describe their Sunday activities that happen. Um um they they do in Evie's words churchy activities on the ship and um and then they arrive at um this this uh UDSE um refueling station um uh which is called, I forget what it's called. Um, well, it's got numbers, but basically yeah. it's at a, a tell something. Um, I'm going to have to Telesto Telesto, um, which I'm guessing is one of the moons. Again, this is where I am really, I show my great amount of knowledge of the solar system. And, uh, I remind everyone that I was an English major, not an astronomy major. Um, but, but there's, there's also this really funny reference where he's like, um, 
There, there's a story's tall arches enclosed the expansive space supporting wide synthetic windows that ran unbroken from the balconies to the overhead spine. Flags of the nations absorbed and corrupted by the union of democratic states of Earth hung like banners from the center. I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, nations absorbed and corrupted by the union of democratic states of Earth. Um, you know, because yeah. they, they needed more democracy. Telesto is the moon of Saturn, by the way. Yes. Um, I, which and yeah. Saturn, Saturn's rings are mentioned in in yes. this chapter, so that makes yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so then they arrive at um, so they're just kind of walking around this um fueling station on the moon, and then suddenly there are explosions, and uh, it is kind of a dull uh, it was a dull thud. And a ring of debris drifted away from the end of the dry dock. With a flash, another cluster of the frame shattered. Jagged plates and broken beams shot outward. Most floated up and away from them, but one twisted plate spun slowly toward the window far above their heads. What the heck is happening? Evie, cr uh, Evie craned her neck. I don't see any hostile craft. It's exploding from the inside, Brian said, as a dazzling bright flash lit the concourse. Probably the, the generator's lining fields are being shut down while they're running. Sabotage. And so there's, they're kind of, after a while, they kind of, they, they take off running. But it seems like there's an attack on um, specifically some UDSE ships. I believe that's what they say is, is kind of. What what it was is some kind of a uh, a sabotage to blow up a bunch of which they call it that their their navy and and so there's some warships there, um, uh, which yeah I don't, I don't know it's it seems like there's some um ri whatever that is um is is kind of has maybe some connection to the eoe the um uh. What you call it? Oh my gosh! The uh, I, I blanked on the, the the name of that again. The EOE, which stands for the Eternal some, Order, or no? Yeah, Esoteric Order of Esoteric, the Engineer. Esoteric. Let me get that word. Esoteric. Esoteric Order of the Engineer. And so, um, but there's basically uh, it's an out there attack on. Uh, on and and kind of developing on this theme of the EOE versus UDSE sort of thing. Um, and well, and it's a and, good thing they were on Telesto, the thirteenth largest moon of Saturn, because if they were on the largest moon of Saturn, we would have copyright issues because that would be an attack on Titan. I feel like reading this book was a giant mistake with you. Reading the book with you, not reading the book, reading it with you is a giant mistake. Oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, uh <laughs> anyway, um, 
And of course, they make some references to the UDSC. Okay, so there's, there's, I, I had some appreciative nods uh, when they talked about, you know, uh, what is it? Those ships were war, those were warships, no doubt. But the EOE isn't flying anything that modern. I'm sure they were UDSC Navy. Now that the UDSC needs warships for anything, Evie flopped into her chair. The UDSC gets off on spending money. Every now and then, they threaten some criminal organization or prevent acts of piracy. Piracy by being nearby makes people feel safe. Seems harmless enough, um, and it's, it's kind of yeah. So this is a reference of of uh you know it's not that they need more ships, but they just like building them just to build them, uh, which you know that's not at all commentary in our world. Uh, but of course, then they continue in this search. Uh, traveling around Saturn, looking for this sepulcher of Titus. Uh, sepulcher. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, Evie and Brian sit down and play a game of chess um, while, while talking about this. And, and um, it, it's, it's, it's a reference Very was, quickly and badly, by the way, yeah, I have yeah. to say as a chess player, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but I think that's intentional. I think that's yeah. supposed to be part of their character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Neither of them are, are seem like the type of people who have patience for playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but, El, but, um, they talk, they do, there's a reference earlier to the St. Petersburg and it's kind of let out that that seems like that's what L would, hopes this thing is is the saint petersburg which was some kind of a ship that um would be probably a very powerful ship uh it says udse saint petersburg would be a powerful tool for the eoe brian says um and uh and and there's some connection that brian has they they, they hint at a connection so um uh Evie looks at Brian and says, if we do find it, the St. Petersburg, and it's intact, how, and it's intact, how are you going to feel about boarding it? And then Brian responds, whatever happened, I'm sure Rodney's dead, and he's with the Lord now. I don't feel the need for closure, but I'm not opposed to getting it. I'll be fine. So there's some kind of a connection that Brian has. Okay. I didn't, miss, I didn't miss something there that, that no, Rodney's it, a new character here. It okay, seems yeah, like a I newly thought. mentioned character. And of course, you know, he's just dropping breadcrumbs for us to catch up along yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, uh, so that's, and I think uh, this, yeah. this RI, I think is another one that, that yeah. we weren't totally supposed to understand quite yet. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's, that's also very in keeping with the world, with the way you write from sure. in world is, is some, you know, there's things that we have uh, acronyms for that we don't know what it means. It's just, uh, or that, or that we know what it means, but someone just jumping in wouldn't know what we're referring to. Um, it, it makes yeah. sense. Um, but then, you know, of course, they ask the the real question, like, what is Titus? Um, and and it seems, uh, yeah, and it seems like they're they're referring to there's 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 something going on. There's some deeper mystery involved. There's some deeper um thing at play, and um. And 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 they're, but we're moving forward. It's getting exciting. I'll tell you what. If you're not reading along with us, you've got. Uh, you can catch up to with us by by uh, getting to page six. We're or chapter six. Probably, um, through chapter six, it'd probably take you about an hour. 
Yeah, it probably honest? won't take you too long. Um, so so hurry up and catch up. It's getting interesting. It's getting uh creepy in some cool ways. Um, it's getting exciting. It's like we've we've got explosions. Explosions are happening. Um, I'm excited. I'm interested. I'm into it. So go ahead and grab yourself a copy. And if you go to our link in the description for for three dollars, you can get you can get the the Kindle. It's a special link, so make sure you do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got that special special deal just for. Uh, <laughs> um, we've got that special deal just for. Uh, 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 just for, for anarchist Bible study listeners, um, everyone else, everyone else pays two ninety nine, but you can pay three dollars. Um, <laughs> um, yep. But uh, let's see. I think we're gonna really quickly. We can really quickly, and yeah, we have to figure out who Uriel is, as Patrick says. And also, he said, "I don't appreciate how I'm not being coddled in this book. Four chapters in, and I'm not bat, and I'm not babied along." I know, it's frustrating, isn't it? I I prefer my my book treat me like an idiot. Um, so this has been preambling. For the rest of this episode, tune into Anarchist Bible Study episodes fifty nine and fifty nine point five. Grace and peace.